welcome to the Route 77 podcast. Today, we're delving into a topic that resonates with each of us, the golden rule. You know it well, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But in our fast-paced, often judgmental world, how do we truly live out this age-old wisdom? Let's unravel the layers of this biblical principle, explore its common misunderstandings, and discover how it can transform our daily interactions and relationships. So grab your coffee, get comfortable, and let's start this journey together. Welcome to the Route 77 podcast. I am Natasha, your host, and I am here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. And how was everyone's new year? We're on our new, after New Year's podcast. Are we still holding to our resolutions? What did we make? Food? Food. Uh, yeah. Was it food? Food and exercise. I think we've, I think we've done the, the exercise. Yeah. Yes. Master Jose was there for our classes, so we definitely exercised. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I did not walk for days. We still can't walk, but yeah. it was good. And you have the bruises to prove it. I have the bruises to prove it, literally. Yes. It was yeah. sparring week. Yep. And I thought, well, the funny thing is that you didn't, I didn't even notice until the next day I'm going, well, that looks like my uniform mark. Oh, I get, I guess Claudia actually did get me. And now that I feel it, it's a little tender. tender yeah. yeah. How was your new year, David? Busy. Yeah. Just busy. Just went out with friends and just with family and trying to sort everything out. Next Christmas is going to be weird. So I'm going to have my nephew. Is it definitely a nephew? Yes, it's definitely a nephew. When is baby due? March. Oh, oh nice. Too far. Not too far. Nope. How's Michaela doing? She's doing good, struggling through pregnancy, but doing good. Babies. Don't worry. Apparently, you forgot it all afterward. Yeah, let's take lot. somebody else's word for you. <laughs> you probably, in essence, forget a little bit of it, but I, it's been 33 years. I still really remember that process. Did you only have one? kid there many yeah i in in medical terminal terminology i only had one live birth so i was pregnant before amber but that baby passed away in womb and oh, i'm sorry i didn't know that that's all that's okay it and that that was a boy these the, these are things you never forget yeah and then so i have amber and yeah and i had her completely natural i had no epidural I had no drugs. I had no hospital. <laughs> would you make those same decisions again? I probably would have been in the hospital because I became a little, my anxiety, I, apparently I became a little anxious because I was a first time mom and I was by myself. Her dad had gone off somewhere else and decided he wasn't going to come back for this until much later. So yeah, I probably would have at least been in the hospital. So that I wouldn't, so that just that fear of something going wrong and having a bud. Maybe you know, if you had a midwife, that would. I did have a midwife. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Because uh, my, my sister-in-law had all her kids at home. Did she? <laughs> with the midwife. Yeah. But she also had an anxiety with hospitals. Oh, did past, she? Past experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, after Amber was born, we were transported to the hospital and my anxiety level dropped. So I think it's just the, because I was by myself. Even though I had the midwife and stuff like that, I didn't have that family support. I didn't have that family support. And it probably would have made me feel less anxious knowing that we were going to be okay and nothing was going to, because you always said that, what if something goes wrong all of a sudden? 
at least if you're in the hospital, they'll take care of you, right? So stress, David, to your brother how important his role in this is. Yes, yes. (laughs) There for Michaela is so vital. Sean actually showed up at the very end just as she was being born. And we didn't know what we were having. He was expecting a boy. So when she came out a girl, the midwife even said like his whole countenance just fell. He was so disappointed that it was a girl. And she's such a sweetheart. I know. Isn't she just? So, yeah. So he, that, that is in our talk today. I will get into. We're going to talk about the golden rule. The golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. Right? That's the story I heard. That's what Odyssey says. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't an adventure adventures in Odyssey. But yeah. And. Treating others as we would have other, or we would have, went to others as you would have others do into you. Yeah. Is essentially the yeah. King James version. But it's, it hits differently when it's a hurt. Yes, it does. And a deeper hurt, like you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we like to say, of course, that's how we would treat people. But when they don't treat you that way. And it's one thing, yeah, we can talk about different ways. But yeah, so that's why, because we, not specifically why, because of your story, but that's one reason we'll talk about it is because whether you're single or you're married, learning how to treat people is very important. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to be a good spouse, you got to learn how to treat people the way that God wants them to be treated. The same as a good single person, because you're always going to be dealing with people. So it's actually from Matthew 7, verse 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it also says Luke 6.31. I like your message. <laughs> do to others before they do it to you. <laughs> but but that, that whole thing, do people actually believe that? If I treat you nice, then you got to treat me nice. But what if they don't treat you nice? Yeah. And here's, yeah. So I think it's very, I don't, I don't know the term. Would naive be the appropriate term to think, to expect the same treatment back? Or it's the wrong reason to do it? You can't expect the same treatment back. No. No. Because you'll be very disappointed in good, maybe like with modern culture, like 70% of the time you'll be disappointed. Quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. Because the hearts of the people have just grown too cold to care enough to, especially if it requires some kind of like, time like if they have to sacrifice time or they sacrifice money or, or sacrifice and pro- almost anything really at that point it a yeah. lot of them just say it's not even worth it to me here's what it says in luke 6 starting at verse 27 we're in new king james because this is what we're doing your devotions in now before this has been esv now we're at new king james we'll give you different versions <laughs> but i say to you who hear love your enemies do good to those who hate you Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend back 
sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Justin kind of said something like that in his sermon today, where he said that like when you to forgive somebody is to pray, God, treat them as you have treated me. As God has treated you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a difficult thing, like I said, when things like hurts come in. And we want there to be an equivalent when it's we feel we've been wronged. Okay. We want to get things back that we are owed or all these things. And yet we're told like anybody would do that. Anybody would treat someone who treats them well. Anybody yep. would lend to somebody they know they're going to get it back from. Yep. That's, there's nothing unique about that. Yep. And this goes back to when I was talking about the father of my daughter and how his, his whole countenance fell when she was born. And literally when she became deathly sick at three, and almost lost her life and became special needs because of it, he walked away from her. And today in that sermon, when God was talking about that, it was his was the first name that came up, second name that came up, sorry. The first name doesn't count because he's dead. But the first name, but the but first living name was him because it's not that I haven't, I guess I, I don't know if I have, forgiven him or not but i have completely forgotten and ignored and discounted his even very existence so and i think that was one of the things that i felt convicted on is that i need to forgive him because he is a sinner and i know that sinners think differently than those who walk with god and even us who walk with God are known to fail in big, huge ways. And that I needed to pray for him, that God would treat, would do to him, treat him as he has treated me, which is... And you mean how God has treated you, which is forgiven and loved, even while you're yet sinners. Yeah. And that's really a hard thing to do. It is a very... We can say it in our heads and we can go... Oh, I can forgive the person who cut me off in traffic, even if your initial response is to mm-hmm. try to cut them off or something. But when it's a deep hurt and yeah. a deep long-term hurt, it's yeah. hard to wish grace yes. upon them because you feel like somehow mm-hmm. you're cheated out of the judgment they're deserving. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, the Bible also says, God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So it's not up to me to judge. It's not up to me to condemn. And it's not up to me to walk around and carry the bitterness of that for the rest of my life. When God says, I will deal with it, you need to let it go. And I have to trust that God knows what he's doing way more than me. <laughs> what do you think, David? It's very, so this is how, I, this is how I'm looking at it. I, I'm trying to correlate what people actually expect as like a, a judgment or a punishment upon a person that does them harm in such a critical attribute like murder or other things. But if you steal an apple or you steal a bread or kill someone or you rape someone, end results will always be death. So there's no inherent value or weight to the act in which you committed. 
unless you expect, unless you apply weight through a government systems, unless you apply some kind of weight through, through a system that is governed by another human being. You mean like consequence for actions? Yes. So, so consequences for your actions, if you commit something like a crime, then you would go to prison or you would get a fine. Right. But again, that system is also, and you can get into a whole bunch of that system, is also corrupt because it's also managed and dictated by another human being or sets of human beings. In, in response to that, you can't really rely on those systems 100% of the time. And then so you have to rely on some kind of objective classification of how of what your actions and consequences between each other are weighed. And there isn't there isn't really a spectrum of the of weight. It's you steal apple, you kill someone, you still die. That's the end result of all sin is death and separation of God. Mm-hmm. Effectively what ends up happening is it levels the playing field except all sin, whether you steal, rape or kill is weighed the same in cost. And the only way you can level that where there is no weight is through Christ. But Christ take that, takes that upon himself. And I think a lot of people struggle with the idea that if someone does commit some kind of calamity towards one another, then they come to Christ wholeheartedly, then Christ will take that upon himself as he did on the cross. Their sins have been forgiven. And I think a lot of people struggle with more with that idea because then they know, then they begin to realize that, oh, that person is, it may be saved, but he also at the same time is forgiven. They don't like the idea that someone else can take the weight of the, of sin upon himself and wish the other person harm. And I think that in a sense is also sin. Yeah. Yeah, and I it's, agree. It's a hard one because yeah, you feel like for some, you're somehow you're cheated out of justice. Yeah, that the other person escaped somehow escaped it. Yeah. And yeah, like I mentioned this to the pastor just afterward in conversation, is that I believe that if someone becomes a Christian, where they like God has has spoken to their heart, they've been made alive, and that's when they would truly comprehend what, what they have done. And actually understand the cost of the forgiveness towards them, like where they would actually, because half the time, like when you want to, I think maybe half the time, maybe more, I don't know, or maybe less. When you see a person like do something, you want them to get punished because you want them to know what they've done, they, what they've done is wrong or how, how, they, they how they've hurt you or the other person or whatever. And that's the only way like you'll get proper vengeance or justice it's there used to be a show that i watched called the pretender and i love this show it's because in the 90s and it was i don't know i enjoyed it and basically he's like the super smart guy and he could become anyone he wanted to be so he could learn any job and become that person anyway so he would go around trying to correct injustice and but he would always kind of punish the wrongdoer in the same way that they punished they had hurt somebody one person had killed killed somebody by cutting their bungee rope. So he basically made it as if he was doing the same thing, even though he he had a, an actual rope that was okay, but the guy didn't know it. And he went through the whole thing of thinking he was going to die. And it was interesting because you feel like, yeah, they got their just dessert, but they understood what it is that they put the other person through. 
And it's something in us that feels like it, that you just want them to understand and yep. to admit that what well, it was wrong. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I think if the God does speak to them and their hearts are open, then that, that actually becomes where they will understand the truth of what they've done. If you've heard some of the people who were on death row and stuff and they actually had a true conversion, then they actually realize like what, they what it is that they have done and what it is that Christ has forgiven them. And they still are facing their consequences. Yeah, they still they, they face the consequence the judgment. of the earthly judgment. judgment. And that's one that God has put forward. There are, God does put forward judgments. Uh, we were talking, we were joking about it today about, <clears throat> I think it was in the Old Testament, whereas if you stole something, then you're supposed to pay it back fourfold. Yeah, so you want to tell the story. Monique decided that she really wanted to steal a mug from church. So I told her she probably felt bad and ashamed. So she was going to bring it back to church today. So I told her she should be bringing four mugs back for biblical life. <laughs> to be fair, it was a total accident because that was the day that I was doing all going around recording, the, recording for the for that podcast uh, on love. love. And I completely forgot that it was in my hand. Until I left church and I was one of the last. This is her late. story. I don't know. I'm car going. I still have my coffee mug in my hand. <laughs> well, I'll just take it home, watch it, and bring it back. So yeah, so that was the that last. That was the yeah. So that's how uh, I didn't so, even know it. So here. so my my thought is that I'm going to get a bunch of Route 77 mugs made up and bring them to the church. Here's my poor. That was awesome. Here's my poor repentance. I actually told do that. He's one of the coffee guys, and he laughs. He says, "I think it's actually six, but I'll go with four. That was so funny. But I think Paul went through that because he was a persecutor of the Christians. Yeah. So when he became a Christian, I think there was a lot of even the one person that God said that he was coming to. He's going, I don't, you know who this is, right? God, you're sending me to this is. And yeah, but then it was 10 years before he started his ministry. So there was a lot of like humility that went into his life that he put himself under teachers and because he was the teacher's teacher's pet of the Pharisees. So it's not like he didn't know anything. Right. But his whole countenance changed. And I think like anybody who knew Paul afterward and became like a brother to him would have just said, what a difference of a person he would have been from before and after. Yeah. And that's how somebody has truly repented. And because the you cannot accept Christ and not change. And it's nothing that you, that somebody forces you to do. It's just how the Holy Spirit works through you. And you just find yourself, yeah, this is how I want to be. I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to be like this. Yeah. And I'm just going to be like this now because I don't want to be like that. And it's still a work in progress, but it's yeah. still a work in progress. See, because I remember when I became a Christian back in was nineteen ninety. It was May of nineteen ninety. I was twelve, just so people know. For some reference, for some reference, I was a I mother. Was Amber was two at the time. I had was she two? I wasn't even born. Okay, so I'm the mother of you all. Going on here? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you want to know something even crazier? Amber's only a year younger than Master Jose. Yeah. His mother, <laughs> that's a thing. Anyways, when I became a Christian, I remember I had people actually say that I looked pretty washed out, wasted. I had you have a lot of three-year-olds around you because they seem very honest that way. I really hate that. I just, I looked tired 
And Christ, like I'd only just become a Christian. So I, you know, Christ still had a lot of work to do in me, but it wasn't long before my countenance started to change because you, because in, especially in that first year, there's a lot of, I don't know, I've had people say that you get attacked a lot by Satan and you go through a lot of testing, but I don't recall that. I do recall a lot of struggles with my own self and my own sin nature and trying to put that aside because I really wanted to live for Christ. When I gave my life, when I said that sinner's prayer, gave my life to God, it was, this is for sure. This is for good. This is nothing that I'm going to be It's not a phase. This is not a phase. No. And I see how I was then and what I was like then and my attitude then and how I am to this day and how far God has brought me. And I'm just like, how can you not? So, you know, time, yes. And Paul taking 10 years or whatever to get his docs in a row before he starts. Yeah, I totally get that because that was in 1992. And now I'm, how many years now? When we're starting our ministry. <laughs> I took a lot. I, I was apparently I'm a little bit harder to convince than Paul. But, you know, it will. He had more training. He did. He knew more. I didn't know as much. I had to learn it all. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. But I think it really comes to, it really illustrates the point of the parable that talks about the servant who is forgiven much and the servant who is forgiven less. Yeah. And which one really, who would have loved the ruler more is the one who'd been forgiven a lot. And it's, that's the idea. If you if you want it, as much as your brain and your and yourself would wish that these people would get their what's coming to them type of thing, and if you prayed like salvation on them, it doesn't mean that will happen, but it's something that you're wish you're praying, not wishing, but like you're praying a good thing on them. That would be the thing that would actually make them understand. Yes. Yep. Because, the true because, nature of what ha- what they had done. And that's not why you're doing it, because you don't want them to just be like, just so you know how it feels, I'm going to pray your salvation. <laughs> it's a really weird way to want reason to pray your salvation for someone. That's like a right thing for the wrong reason right there. Okay, then. Don't know how to take that. God's sitting there going, I know, right? Yes, Lord, please grant salvation on Amber's father so that he knows the mistakes he's made. Read the prayer at this prayer. Somebody else needs help with it. But it's just like, if you want, then I think that like kicks in. It's like that person in the parable would have loved the ruler more because he understands that which we he had been forgiven. He would think that, but he didn't. No, that's the one that did. The one that was greater. Oh, yes. Because the one later was the one who was forgiven a little. And then he went and he asked for the one that was owed a lot. I think there was like two different ones there as well. Two different parables. But yeah. Because that if you're like, hey, you owe me five bucks, then that's like, oh, never mind, it's okay. You're like, oh, okay, great, and you feel like warm fuzzy for a minute. But if you owe someone five thousand bucks, and they're like, hey, it's okay, don't worry. Like your sense of gratitude would be much greater, I think. All right, want to try and just like, how am I going to search that? So we talk about all the different ways, like we're supposed to keep it, and yet we are sometimes that we often move into these. I don't know if it's like a misunderstanding so much as like a willful misunderstanding, where we say do to where we live it, but we may not say it. We'll say do unto others as you others do it do unto you, but then you do things like do to the others before they do it to you, and 
that's like how, pardon me, how, how many people live right now. It's quick, get that person before they can get you. The only person is looking out for is you. You just do what you need to do and take what you can take. That's the mentality of the current culture. Yeah. You can't get around that idea. And it's very hard to live a life for Jesus in this current culture because everyone is enforcing that kind of mentality. And plus, you start to overlay your own thought processes or reasonings of why you do things onto other people. So if you're like a person who lies, then there's a tendency to think that other people are lying to you. So if you think that the other person is going to cheat you, then you're trying to cheat them first or like you would cheat them. So obviously they're trying to cheat you. So you better get it done first. Like you overlay this as a means of, I don't know, justifying it. <laughs> but the more that you do something, the more you will project that onto the other person. My ex would do that. Yeah, I think it's very important to realize that, that we are all, we're, the more we interact with our society and the culture, and the mentality of it, we get so des oh, what's the word for it? Desensitized. Desensitized to our own thought patterns and our own actions that it becomes like muscle memory. So as believers in Christ, we have to be very vigilant of our own actions so that we can portray Christ as best as we can. Exactly. And my ex used to live up this way all the time because he would lie constantly to people and he would judge people constantly. And he would spend much of his time and thought process trying to figure out what the other person was thinking about him and if it was a positive or negative thing. And if it was positive, how to keep it positive. And if it was negative, how to get them before they get him. That's just how he thought all the time. And all I can think of is that must be the, one of the most exhausting ways to live. It's very destructive. Yeah, it is. It, it it was in his life, and as far, unless unless he changes his life, that's what it is. And he's constantly stressed out, and it's just because you're constantly, basically, trying to stay on top of something that it's like trying to stay on top of a wet beach ball. It's not <laughs> happening. Like it's in the water. A wet beach ball in the water is not going to get on top of that. And you're also you are also not going to outthink and outsmart seven billion people. No, especially when they're not even thinking that in the first place, like you're outsmarting somebody who's not. I can oh. guarantee you that 99% of people are not thinking about me at this moment. No, people I don't care. about me at this moment. Outside of this room and David. Yep. Yeah, that's, it's just like you don't run around just like thinking about people and how you're going to get them or do they like you like. I don't know, it's exhausting. I have like enough time dealing with people that I can visually see and talk to, let alone spend all my other time. But that's how imagining somebody who is out for revenge for you. Yeah. Like, and you're just like, they probably, I don't know, it would just be like exhausting. And I could understand why he's thinking, they're probably thinking, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? I know, right? What was that guy's name again? Oh, whatever. And I like move on. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It was like, yeah, if you're running around like, got to get them before they get you like you're you're giving up people a lot more like i don't know you're giving people power that they, they should don't not have. they shouldn't have but they don't necessarily aren't even trying to have <laughs> and, and they're not even aware that they have this no um i know i see that like uh, with other people no names mentioned because it's not necessary but they always feel like 
they live in this, they live in such negativity and they're always sure that they are being judged the minute they walk out the door. How exhausting is that? Think about the last, not my ex, because he, that's all he thought about. But if I think about the thinking about the last people I thought about, it's that was outside of my immediate presence or conversation or something that you're doing in this moment. Nobody. I might be thinking about my nieces and nephews. That's like about as far away as I think about that's not in my directly in front of me or I'm in a conversation with I'm texting or something. And even when I'm texting somebody, I'm only thinking about it in the moment that I'm texting. And then it's okay. and then you're just not thinking about, yeah, like they said, when am I going to have for food or am I hungry? I'm thinking I'm hungry. Should I have more chocolate or just leave it before I go? To-? That's literally, I think more about chocolate and lunching than I do about any other person. And that sounds really self-absorbed, but that's pretty much all I'm thinking about is if I feel like I need to munch on something or not. <laughs> and my thoughts are, should I froth milk for coffee or should I? So as you can see, we're judging people all over the place. But yeah, but that's there, what some people think. And there are people who do that, not just think it, but there are people who will, will try to screw you over. There are people who will lie to you. It's human nature that these people will be out there and coexisting with us. But you can't, one, super or like presuppose, that's the word, yeah. presuppose that they are doing that. Without it being all of a sudden, everybody's doing that. You can be wary. You can, like, when you Google something or you're trying to find it on Amazon, you read reviews and you go, Does this sound like a real person? Does this sound like it might be a bot? Or, like, how do I feel about this? Like, you, there's nothing wrong. Like, you're going to a new church, you're going to go, Okay, like, how does the pastor feel? Does you go online, you check their website, you like, any, that's okay to see what people have experienced and to find out if you're going to go buy a car and you're like is this a place where i'm going to be dealt with honestly those are like has that's you're, a commonplace or a mechanic things like that where you might feel like you're not sure you're so actually giving me ideas of how people have those thoughts if you're walking into a new church and you feel like you're overdressed or underdressed and you're wondering if people are looking at you and judging you for the way you're dressed. Or maybe you're one of those kind of people where you walk into a church and you have tattoos from the tips of your fingers to the top of your head and down to your toes. And then you're wondering if people are judging you for that. So these are the kind of things that people probably think about more rather than somebody's out to get me. Yeah, they're more like, am I being judged? And then yep. you're, then you might react to that, be a little standoffish or yep. offended yep. and stuff. And, and that's the thing, like we have to, if we treat the people like how we would wish to be treated. And again, it's just, again, you have to overlay proper behavior. You're not going to be like, I'm a liar, so they must be lying to me. Hopefully that's not how you're I thinking. think a lot of times when they project this, it's not like conscious. You don't consciously go, I'm a liar, so they must be a liar too. You're just going, oh, I don't trust them. Like I'm in anyway, but it's in a way that that would be loving. I think there's a part in the Bible that says you wouldn't harm yourself. No. Who would harm themselves? They don't. I mean, there are the odd, but that, that's not, look at the weird exceptions. But generally speaking, people don't go around hurting themselves because they don't want to be hurt it hurts unless you do taekwondo yeah but then you're know, letting us into take. that's a whole other we're weird we're weird <laughs> people when we put ourselves through this but you don't look at a hammer and then smash yourself on the 
thought with it and I was fun with it. Would you do that to another person? Probably not. I mean, what? They might need some help. But it's just if you're going to treat your body with love and your mind with love and your soul with love, then that's how you should treat other people as if and even if they prove themselves to not to be like not good people, it again, it doesn't mean you have to be their best friend. It doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. It doesn't mean you have to swallow a lie, but it just means how you treat them, like irregardless of what they are. They're still made in the image of God. God still loves them and wants what is good for them. So that is how we need to treat the other people. And that's the hard part. Again, like I said, if they've hurt you and it's, and again, if they've hurt you and you are not safe to be in their presence, it doesn't mean you have to go and hang out at their house. Nope. But there's also the way you talk about them with people. Yep. You can talk about, I can talk about my ex and the things that he's done, but not drag his name through the mud at the same time. There's a way to warn people to not deal with him in certain things, but then not go around like bashing him as a person. Mm-hmm. I think to me anyway, I hope that's what I'm doing. Yeah, fine line. It's hard. It's a fine line because there's probably times I have stepped over that. Yeah. But the thing is, like, there's a way to to share experiences that you've had with people so that people are aware and wary of situations. If you have been lied to by a certain business, then you might warn somebody, hey, they lied about this. Yeah. And but again, you have to like. But that's the perf the people themselves. You can still treat them with love. And again, yeah, it's a fine line. <laughs> it is. But it, and when Google reviews, it's funny how people react and say, "Yeah, they wouldn't give me the information I wanted, so they are a bad company." We had this happen. And the thing is that not everybody is going to have hundred percent of the information you want. And if somebody like we were a fireplace company. So if the, if the guy calls and he says he wants to do this, that, and the other thing, and it's not safe, it will burn your house down. Don't do it. So if we tell him, and then he goes on to, they, they didn't even answer my questions and they just, they just blew me off. It's just like, dude, we were trying to save your life. People, you have to watch your own and attitude. And the thing is too, like, what if you have bad days? Yeah. You might've got somebody on their bad day. Does it mean that they treated you correctly? No. Does it mean that you should be treating them and going about talking about it being purposefully malicious yeah is definitely a sin and if you're a christian and this is something that you find yourself doing you might want to check why you're being like that Mm -hmm. what is causing you to be purposefully malicious to people regardless of the circumstances because it's not the way of god there's the thing if you don't have something good to say don't say don't say anything Mm-hmm. again fine line between here's my experience you might want to be careful and yeah. they're horrible people there's this there's like a line and it yeah. is really well, hard to but well when we have consequences like you still have consequences for your behavior if you're a person yeah. who's cause consistently rude to customers there will be consequences yeah. to that that yeah. people don't want to deal with you but it doesn't mean that you are get to be rude back you're right when the person was on the phone to me one time, thick window and telling me I was working for a company that was cheating because something had happened. And I'm just like, hey, yeah, no. And I just put the phone down and I just refused to enter it the next time because I'm like, I just can't deal with this right now. And I didn't want to get into it with a guy who was obviously upset. And I had he had been talked to before and I had already talked to him for a few minutes calmly. But 
I was just like, couldn't take anymore. And I was just like, instead of treating you, you're treating me or continuing on with this. It just, the, the phone went dead and I don't know if he hung up or I thought it was hung up and I hung up and then he called back and I was just like, nope, I'm not even right now. I was just not able to deal with that in the moment, but I didn't yeah. want to anything. It, and it is very difficult because, and I've had it too, where people have phoned and I just answer phone. People say, don't just say you just answer. No, seriously. I just answer phones. I have no power in this situation. I have no power in this situation, nor do I have any say in this situation. And I don't work over in the sales department. I couldn't sell a life jacket to a drowning man. Just so you know, if I say, I just answer phones, I am telling you that what you're, what you're yelling at me about is not going to be helpful because I cannot do anything for you. I can pass along the questions and the comments, but yeah. that is it. That's yeah, but much. yelling at me and blaming me for something I don't even know what you're yelling at. And people do that. They phone and they go off on tangents and I'm just like, then you're sitting there, that? treat them with love, treat them with love. It's hard. It is, especially when they start swearing at you. And I've actually had permission from the bosses that if, they, if the customers start swearing, you have my permission to hang up on them. Okay, then. All right. There is the first F-bomb. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. No, no. But there you go. Put you on hold forever. Yeah. Well, there he is again. Put you on hold forever. <laughs> We're really busy. Can you just be on hold, please? Not even. It just answer hold. But is that so, treating them with love? It's, and, and chances are but that the, kind yeah. of thing makes them even more angry. Yet, if you're really angry, then come in and talk to somebody here. Don't start yelling at some random person over the phone. Well, the funny thing is that we've got five lines and one of the other guys, it could end up getting somebody else's, holy dino, what's wrong with you? Do you have any idea when you go off on tangents on people, whether it's a, whether you're calling some sales or some service center or some whatever, when that call is hung up, I can guarantee I know exactly what those people are saying about you. Wow, that's one real serious piece of work there. You that's have the polite version. That is because you have now lost all respect. You have de degraded yourself by your own attitude by insisting that you are right. We're just like, yeah, whatever. And yet we're called to treat them with respect. And it's hard. It is. Because it's a human nature to be like, wow, that person's not even, I'm not even today. I'm not evening today. Nope, not even. And it's just, and it's hard. We're all sinful and yep. we're working on it. Yep. And it's hard to see, to, to see the love through it. Yep. But it has so, totally changed my attitude now. Whenever I go into like the grocery store and, or any kind of, and I see, hey, it's okay. I understand. Don't worry. Take your time. We will get through this. And I'd rather have that person feel more comfortable in dealing with me than have them think that I'm a total piece of dirt because I treated them like dirt. But you also learn like you just, that's what it says, returning good for evil and there's a point i think that hanging up when a person's losing their mind on the phone is not a bad thing in a sense Especially because nothing nothing is going to happen either way no nope. there's no constructive thing that's happening nope. at all no nope. and that person needs to calm down yeah and then you can talk to them i think a little i think there's not i don't think that's unloving 
to it's more like stop. you need to get a hold okay, of yourself. we need to stop right now because it's going to become unloving in a minute. But I think there is a point where you have to, there is like what he talks about, like you turn the other cheek. You, yep. you, like, you take it in a sense that. Yeah. And yeah. again, there's a line between uh, taking abuse and taking. Yeah. Taking. Yeah. Okay. Like, you not you, only have you slapped me on one side of my cheek, but you've also slapped the other one. I'm not going to stand for this anymore. <laughs> you don't have any. Yeah. And yet still treating them with love and respect. Yeah. Of the fact. And that, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. And said, like, especially when I'm, people hurt you. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to calm down and you can call back once you have. Because swearing at a stranger. Because that's a consequence. Yeah. This doesn't keep people from ever experiencing consequences. No. But it yeah, lets them. And yet this is how God views us. Many of the times <laughs> when we decide we're going to go off with him in whatever way we decide to. And he still just goes, I love you. Yeah. You know, if you need to feel the need to hit me, then go mm-hmm. for it. Now I, I know why you. he never answers when I go off on tangents. He's like, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. <laughs> what do you think, David? I haven't had experiences specific with you guys because those people seem more directed. Their anger seems more directed at not so much you personally, but the company. However, I've had experiences where I've been targeted for, and then people have tried to sabotage my reputation. That's wow. very sad. Because they didn't get what they wanted. But it also makes it so that if people get into these moods, they get hot-headed or they get angry at someone, they don't rationally think through, they think one or two steps and then not the fifth step. And then Mm -hmm. the fifth step, I don't even have to say a word. When when they hit the fifth step, their reputation is destroyed. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happened to this guy. He tried to make it seem seem like I stole code someone else and tried to sell that on my as my own and how he did that was he he manipulated our chat by making it say something i didn't say but it just naturally came out that's not what i said because those again those chat logs are always there yeah there's people who target customers targeting they're not so much angry at you but angry at the company or just or in this, in my particular case, he did some, I can't remember what he did. It was so long ago, but he did something to the point where we had to ban him from our community and he didn't like that. So he tried to sabotage my reputation. So he, it was a targeted attack mm-hmm. in a sense. And it's hard, and it's hard to retain respect for those kind of people. Yeah. Because I respected him as a programmer until he did that. Yeah. Then there was no way I was able to respect him. I mean, like, I can forgive him in that sense, but he still has to live with the consequences that I no longer am going to interact with him or respect him in any regard. Yeah. And it's amazing how many of that type of people are out there where they would rather so dissent among the crowd and then step back and watch people fight each other. And then they go, yep, my job here is done. I'm going off to the next group and do the same thing there. Um, one of my workmates, she runs uh, an online gaming channel where she does a lot of chats and stuff, live chats and stuff. And she's had to ban a person for that very same reason where they were accusing her of doing stuff she never did and then was attacking other people and becoming very belligerent. She had to cut him off from the chat and he went to somebody else that she knew and complained and 
went off on them and just like, what? And he came back and said, what the heck? So this is how they operate. So they'll get into one group. They'll, oh. yes. And then they'll go off somewhere else and cause it to circle back. So you've got to be aware of these kind of people, especially in the online media, social media circles, where there are netizens who will start attacking and making up things. And they're really good at it because they can pull conversation and create their own conversations and make it look like that's the conversation when it had absolutely was like, where did this come then? How did you do that? They're just really good at pulling things together, creating videos, creating pictures, Photoshopping. They just know how to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. So you've got to be aware of these kind of people. Not everybody is worthy of your trust. And at the same time, we're called to take the hit times too. Like we're just hit. If they take your cloak, give him your tunic too. Yeah, like it's just, but ultimately, I guess God's saying like, ultimately, what are these things? Yeah. To the ultimate. To the ultimate. And eternity, what do any of these things mean? Yeah. And if we're on the road to eternity. Yeah, like we imagine, like the amount of things that we do go, oh, whatever. Like you lost the quarter, whatever. Yeah. What's a quarter? And yet to like a three-year-old a quarter is so important to them right but in ultimate things like if you lose a quarter you're not going to spend the rest of your life looking for that quarter no but Uh, if you lost a hundred dollar bill or even a five dollar bill you might be searching a little harder and you know as they you know and so some of these things like if you actually look at it so this person insulted you and may yeah it was unjustified but in the long run what does it mean? Yeah. And I think that's more like one of the things that you're trying, that God tries to get at, at for us when we're talking about like this treating people like as we wish to be treated and loving the people. Like you said, like anybody will love someone or give to someone or interact with someone who's nice to them. This is just human nature. This yeah. is anybody will. You're nice to me. I'm nice to you. We're it's good. It's like, how is this special? How is this showing God's love? And it's God loved us even while we were yet sinners. We were like, hostile. We were, the, we were hostile. We were spitting in his face. We were nailing him to the cross. Give me that hammer. Right? I'm gonna Might have been right on there. Nail. And yet he, he loved, loved us through all of that. Yeah. It's just, it's unfathomable, really. Yeah. And it's through all of that. And that's the example that Christ gave. Yeah. Like he, through everything, like you saw, we, the Pastor Justin talked today about king david and when he went to go kill nabal for the slight yeah and yet we see he, he that this one man he's he, he gave him an offense and so he said you know what i'm gonna go kill him and all the men around like in his village yep basically it's, that's it <laughs> what did he say it was we want revenge plus interest yeah that's what and pastor does was saying and the thing is this and yet god said forgive them before they know not what they do yep and like he did not see that from the the ease of the couch Ooh, hanging out. Up. He was on the cross, nailed, nailed to the cross, dying. dying one of the most horrific types of deaths a person can die. Yeah. And yet those were his words. And can we say that we have gone through that kind of suffering? Like he, we can never say Christ was not the example. He so. experienced everything we are going to experience. Mm-hmm. And came was not did not sin. And if we pray salvation on our enemies, and it's not because then they'll actually know what they did. Mm-hmm. That's just something that happens with truth. 
it's because you understand that you've been forgiven because much. you've been forgiven much, much more than we think we have. Yeah. Many times we think we're better than we are. Totally. And we were the person who hurt, who, the person who had hurt us. We were those people. We were that person. And only by the grace of God have we seen the That's truth good. and that the love of Jesus on the cross, that is the only reason that we even know no. what love is and how, how we can share it. To, and how can we not share it in the same abundance that Christ did? How, how am I any better than any other person walking on the face of this earth? No. I am not. No. Mm-hmm. And if, God, if Christ can show us the love of Christ dying on the cross, if he can show the love of being separated from God, if he can show the love of like of God his Father, and if we can show the love of forgiveness, we can we are not called to do any less. So it is not just doing others what we want done for to us because we want to be treated nicely. It's just a way of helping you to see how you should treat others, yeah. even amidst their and, cruelty and, and rudeness and and in the, in this day and age where. Getting offended is such a thing. It's who haven't I offended today? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get you tomorrow. <laughs> this is the world we are living in right now where becoming offended is a thing. It's like a fashion statement. And I think we should be. And offend. I think if we get offended, that's not turning the other cheek. And we should not be offending other people. No. Although it's hard. There's a, well, yeah, truth can be offensive. Yes, but it is offensive. But that's a different. But we're kind acting of in love. But it's, we can act in love, and if that offends people, then what can you do at that point? So. Just speaking the name of Jesus is offensive to so many people. Well, it says it in the Bible yeah. that it will be. But you know what? If 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 I'm going to offend you by telling you that person who loves you the most, I'm sorry. That's, I'm just going to have to. Offend sorry, you. not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. If I'm offending you with love, the love that I've been given and reflecting that to others, then that's all I can do. Yep. At that yep. point. But I think that's a good kind of offense. In the long term, it's the only kind that's going to matter. Matter, yeah. Okay. Because if it ultimately gets you into heaven, yeah, and I'm hanging on, on that to, yep, I, I will, I will, if you're, I'll offend you up the wazoo if that's what it takes. <laughs> the truth. If you're if you're hot skipping and jumping into hell, be sure I'm going to grab onto your legs and hold on. Keep it from going in. Doing your best. What do you think about that for finish, David? It's good. You're just like we got on a roll. We got on a roll. Did we get on a roll? I'm brain dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got on a roll of praising God, and David was just basking, right? Yep. I'm just going to bask in that. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here on our podcast tonight. We. Or today, whenever you're listening to this tonight for us, we thank you for that. Hopefully, we've made sense. Hopefully, we've made some people think, and hopefully, we've made the love of God more obvious so that we can show it to others and remember that ultimately, what's what matters is that we're on our way to heaven. That's our ultimate goal, and the only things that matter are the things that we'll take with us, and the only thing worth taking with us is the love of God, salvation in Christ. If you haven't received that gift, we recommend it. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Look into it. It's the best gift you'll ever receive. Yeah. And if you're not sure where to go, there are churches 
There are pastors. Lots of places. There are lots of places. You, can, you can find us. us. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, X, Facebook. Email us at root77ministries at gmail.com. You can just email us and say Appar- hi. Apparently, if you're American, it's route 77. Route 77. Route 77. R-O-U-T-E 77. Ministries. Ministries. We'll get it out there. Somehow. We will. We'll, we'll figure we'll it out. we get it out of our mouths. And we are hoping to have our website up and working running. On it. I'm working yeah. on it. We're almost there. If we can have it before our one-year anniversary. That's my goal. Is that That's your my goal? goal? I have to get my butt off the couch now. Yeah. Now that I'm like, oh. Couch potato? Couch potato. I'm not working as many hours. Yes. Focusing on the ministry. That's the plan. Because your schooling isn't going to start for a while. For, so you've got Yeah, I've got time. the time. There's no excuse. It's just Sorry. laziness at this point. Yeah. I had my time off. I'm good now. Yeah. Should be good. It should be good so, now. On that I'm, note. I'm still working six days a week. Yeah. You're finding out what I was doing. Probably. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> not fun. Not fun. Not fun. On that note, we shall leave you. Hopefully you enjoy, enjoyed our program. Yep. And we'll join us here next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for joining us on the Route 77 podcast as we explored the depth and practicality of the golden rule in our modern lives. It's more than just a saying. It's a way of life that calls for empathy, understanding, and a Christ-like love for others. As we go about our week, let's challenge ourselves to apply this principle in our interactions, remembering that each person we meet is on their own unique journey. Don't forget to connect with us on social media and share your thoughts on today's topics. Till next time, keep walking in the faith, and remember to live your single life to its